Hello and welcome to the Wildcard Rewind podcast. Yes, it is back. Fantasy football is back. So let's get straight into week one. I just want to rewind when we were young Back to all those good times. Take me back to the start. Yes. It is Monday. We are back. We've got the gang together for the first time in a couple of weeks. I've been I've been uh, sunning it up in sunny Greece. Um, but first of all, I'd like to welcome both of my co-hosts. And I've been asked to do this to you first, Lewis. So, Lewis, uh, how you doing, mate? Doing very, very well. Uh, the only person here whose team won yesterday, which is always a nice way to start. Um, now, obviously, for you, Paul, uh, as a Cardinals fan, that was kind of something that you expected. Um, but for the lovely Hannah, <laughs> I'm not sure that it was. How are you feeling today, Hannah? I'm feeling terrible. I'm very, very upset. The well, offense was hideous. I have something that might cheer you up. I've got a little game that you might want to play. Oh god. Um which I thought you might enjoy. I don't I don't think you will want to play. <laughs> um so it's just a, it's just a little either or there's a, there's a few questions to go by. Um and obviously you can get a point per question. Um so I've ju- I just pulled these together out of nowhere really. Um the players that I've gone for. Um so first question, uh who had more passing yards week 1? Uh Joe Borrow <laughs> or Josh Dobbs, elite starter for the Cardinals? Oh, this is a really tough one because Joe Burrow played really, really well yesterday. Mm. But I'm going to have to say Josh Jobs. Oh, that's correct. That is correct. Uh, so that's one point. Uh, on to question two. Uh, who had more receptions yesterday? Uh, was it T. Higgins or Jake Funk? I knew T. Higgins was going to come up. All right, he was having a bad day. <laughs> Give him a break. <laughs> So, so Jake Funk then? Yes, yes. Uh, can I can I just ask how many did T Higgins have? Zero. Um, oh, yeah. so can I ask you a question, Hannah? Who had more receptions yesterday? Was it Desmond Ridder or T Higgins? <laughs> or was it CJ Stroud or T Higgins? That was that yes, start to the week was brilliant. <laughs> uh, so, just a final question. Uh, you're on two points so far. Who had more receiving yards in week one? the entire Bengals offense or 2-2 Atwell in the second half versus Seattle? <laughs> I mean, this is just really mean, isn't it? Obviously, the Bengals were terrible. I understand that. We had a ter- we didn't even get a single touchdown. Like, uh, you know, Kyron Williams had more touchdowns yeah. than the whole of Beng- the Bengals offense. Although, we did get one interception. That's pretty so good. was okay. Uh, so so no. just to wrap up, uh, because you've gone for Kyron Williams as well, I'm going to give you a bonus point, uh, which puts you on four points, which is more points than the Bengals scored in week oh. one. I mean, this is just not very fair, <laughs> is it? Come on now. I know they had a terrible time. Joe Burrow's been injured. You need to give him a, a moment. He's now the richest player in his, NFL history. You know, yeah, he's not trying. Money well spent. Money well spent. They benched him in the fourth quarter. $275 million to bench him in the fourth quarter. Well, to be fair, why do you need to try anymore? You've got the money. Yeah, I suppose. He's secured both. that bag. If it's someone that, gave me a massive logical. pay rise, I'd stop trying. Exactly. What, what 
I mean, who needs a Super Bowl when you've got the bag? But on a lighter note, Hannah, it could be worse. It could it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you could have been shut out by the Cowboys. That's true. Although I feel like that would feel a bit more kind of justified because the Cowboys are actually decent, whereas the Browns are <laughs> not even that great. <laughs> oh. I think it still feels worse. But hey, oh. <laughs> on to week two. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> at least, at least the Ravens are banged up, so that's going to give us one little glimmer of hope that we could actually catch some balls next week. Fingers crossed to you, but. Uh, speaking of the Ravens, we're, we're, well, see, we're good at these segues. Um, that's going to take us straight into um, our first bit where we're going to talk of the big news of the week. Um, so no better place to start than the biggest news of the weekend, which is um, J.K. Dobbins. Unfortunately, um, he suffered another season-ending injury. So uh, my question is, if you are the Dobbins owner, which I am in a lot of leagues because I was very wide receiver heavy and taking J.K. Dobbins a bit later on. Um, what are you doing now? Uh, so which which Ravens running back do you want? Do you want Justice Hill, who had uh, eight rushes for nine yards and two touchdowns? Or the Gus Bus, who had eight rushing attempts for 32 yards and no touchdowns? So which which one do you think you'd, you'd like to pick up? Well, both are really appealing, right? You know, those stat lines look fantastic, although, to be fair, Hill did have two touchdowns. Look, I feel really, really, like, gutted for J.K. Dobbins. That poor guy, like, he just seems to get injury after injury after injury. Like, he just doesn't seem to be able to catch a break. And Achilles really scare me, actually. So, um, you know, I hope things go okay with him and he does get back. But, um, you know, often it, it is very challenging to get back to, you know, previous production when you've done an Achilles so so that's a massive massive shame but to be honest look we're on week one you know at the minute the waiver wire should be hopefully pretty stacked so you might have quite a few options and you you won't you don't necessarily have to just stick to the Ravens running back room you know for me if if I had the option and there was a few different players on the waivers if I could I would look at either going to get Kenneth Gainwell so he's currently only 35% rostered on sleeper. So he should be on some waiver wire somewhere, maybe not in deep leagues, but certainly in your shallower benches. And in these shallower benches um, leagues as well, you might also find Tyler Algier. And he obviously was in quite a, a kind of two running back committee really yesterday, which I was a little bit surprised about. I still think he's he's going to have some sort of fantasy value. And I think potentially even more than... These guys on the Ravens, he's only 50% rostered. So he is he is out there for some league. So I personally would go be looking at kind of those two guys over Hill or Gus. If there aren't any better options and these are the only kind of two viable running backs on the way on the wave wire, I would definitely put bids in for both. I think ultimately it's probably going to be a bit of a kind of mess committee approach and you're probably not going to know who's going to be the best on a weekly basis but I would probably maybe lean Hill over Gus just because it looks like potentially he, he could get some receiving work and maybe the, the higher value touches but neither are massively appealing to me this sounds quite terrible I don't want an injury but I would probably be keeping my eye out for 
other running backs that might be coming more relevant than picking up these guys and thinking that they're going to be my saviour for the season. As I say, it's terrible for, for Dobbins, but I do think this is kind of a good week for it to have happened from a fantasy perspective because waivers are still quite stacked with some of these high-value backups or you know, players that have some sort of role, even if it's small at the moment, that could potentially become bigger over the next few weeks. So I think there should hopefully be more options than just these two guys. But if they're the only choice, of course, I'm going to get them because I'm desperate. But I wouldn't expect them to be kind of my saviours. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, to be honest. Um, do you think, so I'm going to carry on with the Ravens here a little bit. Do you think now that the Ravens, have lost J.K. Dobbins that they now go to this sort of pass-heavy thing that they said they were obviously saying that they were going to pass the ball more, and we were all like, "Oh yeah, they're just they're just saying that they're going to be this this team that rushes first every time." But I think now they've been put into that position where they're going to kind of have to pass it more than they would run it because, yeah, they've got Lamar Jackson, but apart from that, you know, I don't think they've got that good running back now that that they can sort of rely on. I think they're now forced into that more pass heavy kind of team that they, that they said they were going to be. What what do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think possibly quite possibly, you know, obviously their, their wide receiver core is much, much better than historically. Obviously JK Dobbins went out a couple of years ago with the knee injury and Gus went out as well. And they kind of cobbled it together at, at that point. Now, obviously new offensive coordinator. Um, so I think it's a, more likely that they will go more pass heavy, but I do think still think they will have a role. But yeah, I think it probably will be more dim diminished than if Dobbins was there, and obviously that means that should be good for the rest of the the pass catchers. You know that that wide receiver core did look pretty good at the weekend. Mark Andrews should be hopefully coming back next week. Although I don't mind if he wants another week off, that's fine by me. Um, so you know, <laughs> yes, ultimately they might throw, but I do think they'll still want to use. I I would probably say you know they might want to use Lamar rushing a bit more. I know they want to protect him, and he's had injuries, but he is, you know, a, a great running weapon for them. So they may have to lean into that a little bit more than they kind of would have wanted to, just because they they have fewer options. Yeah, I, I think a really interesting thing from my perspective is like, so first of all, I could see them going out and picking up another running back, but like part of the issue is that they don't have anyone that can um, catch a ball out of the backfield now. Like J.K. Dobbins was all right at it. Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill are, are not particularly good at that. Um, the player that I actually think really could be a beneficiary, and you were you touched upon it already with how good the wide receiver call looked in the first week. Um, Zay Flowers had an average depth of target of 2.7 yards. Like he can absolutely become essentially the passing down back for them. Um, and I think really kind of get a lot more volume because of the loss of JK Dobbins, even though it's not, you know, it's not a direct replacement, but actually um that kind of underneath work and the the more gadgety work, I think he could see a lot more volume. And I'm saying that he got double digit targets in week one. So a lot more volume is something to be very excited about for him. Or do you think maybe they go and pick up Kareem Hunt? I, I, I'm not I convinced, think, but go on, Lewis. I think they the, the Ravens as an organisation generally tend to stay away from players with um, domestic violence history. Um, so I think Kareem Hunt, probably not. Leonard Fournette, maybe. Uh, I was actually having a look about um, 
uh, veteran backs who are still available as free agents that are kind of plus in the passing game. If they decided, okay, we're going to recreate Jacob Dobbins in the aggregate, we're going to have Gus Edwards early down, and then we're going to bring in a passing back, uh, a passing down back. And actually, JD McKissick and Gio Bernard are still out there. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if they went and targeted one of them instead of one of the more sort of, I was going to say elite, but like elite in 2018 um, running backs that are available. Yeah, I just I just went straight for Kareem Hunt because I think he was a very good pass catching back. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, in his day, so he was just like the first name that popped in my head as a pass catching back. Go on, Hannah. Do you want to add well, something before we move only on? Just because, like, obviously, I know we're talking about this a lot, and yes, it was a different offensive coordinator historically, but you know they haven't historically targeted their running backs a lot as I say things have changed of course as a new OC he might want to do that but I think it's likely that they don't see that as a priority so I would be a surprise if, surprised if they picked anyone up they've already got Melvin Gordon yes I know he's you know he's on his last legs but he is still a body there it, you know John Harbaugh has said this evening we're happy with what we've got now obviously they're going to say that because you know they want to support the running backs on the roster but I would be surprised if they pick up any one of any kind of fantasy value they might pick up a body but i i couldn't imagine them picking up anyway i think they're going to cobble it together and and hope that everyone else kind of holds the, the team up you know already they've lost quite a few other players on the defensive side as well um and i think potentially is it one of their offensive linemen for a little while so I th they're already quite banged up um so i think they're just kind of going to try and and stem the tide for now rather than focusing on on extra running backs but i might be wrong hopefully they sort themselves out because i'm going to see them in london so i want to see them at their best you know um but yeah we'll we'll move on we'll we'll we won't spend as as long on this one but um honestly lewis i haven't done this on purpose but uh we're going to talk things cooper cup um he's been moved on to ir so i just want to sort of get your opinion um on what what we're sort of doing with Cooper Cup, because obviously if you took Cooper Cup, you took him in the first round. So I feel like to hanker for player like that is not quite the same as, as you do with a running back. A running back will step into a three-down role or something like that, you know, whereas I don't... Uh, I'm quite struggling with all these shares I've got of Cooper Cup now because I'm kind of feeling that I'm massively missing something at wide yeah. receiver. So um, what 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 are you what are you doing as, as a cup... Oh, a, Cooper Cup owner and are we now going to start talking about Cooper Cup as somebody who could come back for the second half of the season and be a league winner if you can survive this shitstorm for the next sort of few weeks you know <laughs> yeah I think to answer the, the 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 second question first I think the the worry was always that the Rams were going to be so bad that we were just going to keep Cooper Cup out for the season if he went on to IR um actually I like uh, I joke about sort of how great the Rams looked yesterday, but, you know, we we played very well, uh, and that's with sort of piecing it together on offense and very much on defense as well. Like, so actually the Rams being good is really good for you if you're a Cooper Cup owner because it means that we'll want to bring him back. I definitely think he can be a league winner because we, we know what he can be. The worry with, um, with kind of the tightrope procedure and, the, and then the hamstring issues is like, 
that it, it will never fully come back uh, and this could be the decline of Cooper Cup but I still definitely think in redraft he can be a league winner in terms of the other point about kind of handcuffing at wide receiver and this is something I've spent a lot of the last few weeks saying like we don't handcuff at wide receiver we can do it at running back we you know where it's a volume based position we can do it at quarterback because we know who's going to start can't do it at wide receiver maybe on the Rams we can handcuff at wide receiver Puka Nakua and Tito Atwell both went over 100 yards and like there's Van Jefferson had a really bad drop. Tyler Higby's always going to be an option, but like, there's nothing really else there. Pokemon looked fantastic and is going to be on waivers in your league. So actually, it, it's a broader point about like just trying to play the waiver wire as, as smartly as possible to cover for Cooper Cup in the interim. But actually, targeting someone like Pokemon as a star is is probably a, a a good place to go. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do like Puka Nakua, and let's be honest. I think we're in Matt's dream now. This is this is his world. He's been banging on about Puka Nakua for a, for a long time now, hasn't he? Our, our good friend Matt, um, Hannah. Anything to add on the Cooper Cup before we we move on? I don't think so. Look, if you got him, you probably don't have much of a. You know, you don't want to drop him, so you're going to keep him. I would be scared when he first comes back. Um, in terms of, you know, is he going to be on, on a pitch count? Is he ever going to make it back in time for any kind of fantasy season? I don't know, you know, exactly what's going on with him, how long, you know, they say a minimum of four games, obviously because they can't come off IR before then, but I don't actually know whether he's going to come off then or later, or I would fear that potentially this is a lost season for Cooper Cup in terms of him being a fantasy stud, but... You know, I, I could be wrong there when he comes back in week five and he's fantastic, but I think he's had some complications, which makes me nervous that we're going to struggle, you know, to put him in our lineups this season and feel confident about him. So obviously going to keep it, keep him on IR, but I personally am behaving as if he's not coming back this season and trying to manage my team according to that. So if he comes back, great, massive bonus for me, you know, extra player. Hopefully he's that stud that we all know and love, but if he doesn't I'm not disappointed you know I'm not like right I'm just holding out for him to come back in week five you know I've made other plans you know this is the week when waivers are full as soon as can the next two weeks come they're going to be empty so you need you need to really get those waivers in try and get Puka Naku or whoever you feel is going to be able to fill that void um, I know that, I know you're never going to be able to fill a Cooper Cup sized hole but you just need someone who you think is either a rising person or is certainly going to be able to give you enough fantasy points to kind of keep you afloat and let everyone else kind of get your team you know lifted up i think you've got to be really savvy on the waivers and i think you have to treat like he's out for the yeah. season yeah that's that's a, a good point but now we're going to move into uh the next segment which is uh rewind the tape in this segment we're going to discuss things that we have learned from the previous week that help us helped us as fantasy managers. So, uh, Lewis, we're going to come straight to you, right? Um, what what what's your rewind of the tape? Yeah, I think a really big one for me is sort of when I'm looking at this in terms of what's really helped me develop as a fantasy manager, I often try and look at things outside of like specific players or like specific matchups or that sort of thing, like and try and look at like the broader landscape and what can you find there that's going to help you and. The point that I came up with looking from last week is like is over under totals are incredibly important for fantasy football and should be a huge part of like your process in helping you decide who to play and, and, and kind of which matchups to target. Um so obviously last week and I've I've just looked at the game with the higher over under uh point total uh, and the two games with the lowest. 
in the Dolphins Chargers, you know, we knew in advance that was going to be a high scoring affair. That's just so much opportunity for kind of quick pace on offense, lots of opportunity for scoring. Obviously, Tyreek Hill exploded, but like Jaden Waddle actually had a good game as well. Raheem Moses got a touchdown. Two was the QB1 on the week. Justin Herbert was like the QB5 on the week. Keenan Allen was still good. Austin Eckler did amazingly. Like, basically everyone smashed in that game. And we could have predicted that in advance because the over under told us that this, this was going to be. Um, uh, a really high-scoring game. Then when we look at the the two lowest, so Falcons, Panthers, and Cardinals, Commanders were the two lowest. Neither of them really produced many great options. I think, you know, Tyler Algier and Bijan did all right, but then they're counterbalanced by the fact that Kyle Pitts and Drake London were basically unstartable. Um, in the Cardinals, Commanders game, you know, Brian Robinson scored a touchdown. Like, especially at quarterback, there were no startable options from from those four teams. And I think that's a key thing as well, is like looking at the quarterbacks in 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 low uh low um over under points totals can help you predict scoring a little bit but just trying to target matchups with a really high over under um is a really good thing to focus on to to help you pick players that are like more likely going to smash next week absolutely love that um and hannah what what is uh yours well, mine was more player based, but I, I suppose I could make it a, a bigger, a bigger concept. So the thing that I was kind of I thought of was obviously Chigakonquo was one of those sleeper, you know, late round tight ends that people thought would potentially break out this season and become like some sort of fantasy star. Well, he he had played a massive egg this week and had zero receptions and zero fantasy points. But basically, kind of my overarching, I suppose, concept is look past the box score. So, you know, if you went onto ESPN or anywhere, NFL, looked at the box score and you saw, oh, he laid a big fat egg, Chukonquo is going to be rubbish. And then you drop him. But actually, when you look a bit deeper, he played 82% of the team's snaps, which is actually even higher than the end of last season when he, he had that kind of great fantasy, you know, few games. Um, and they were playing the Saints. So last season, they were the best team against tight ends. So he was always going to have a difficult matchup, but he played a high percentage of the snaps. He was on the field a lot of the time, and a lot of those he was running routes. So he wasn't doing a lot of blocking. So there's a high, high, high chance that he is not going to lay another egg next week. So you should definitely keep him and keep an eye on kind of how things progress with him. Because I think people kind of make the mistake of saying, oh, this player's, you know, especially early in the season when we don't have a lot of information, they go, oh, he, he got a zero. He's obviously not going to be very good for me this season. And they just drop them. And then a few weeks, wait, a few weeks later, they break out. They go, oh, I shouldn't have dropped him. But if you looked a bit deeper and passed the box score, you would have known that actually his usage means that it's likely that he is going to be fancy relevant this season. It's just that he had a bad matchup. And unfortunately, his two targets weren't that catchable. I, I think this is a really interesting thing. And I think like looking at the underlying data, so I know we've been clowning on you for like T Higgins' performance this week. T Higgins had a 25.8% target share. He had 151 air yards eight targets like that's not a player that's going to continue to put up zero fantasy points so it's just a really interesting one to then look at actually what's the actual story of this game beneath just the box score i think this is a really good point yeah um and it kind of ties into 
my point with what you're saying as well. So mine is um, try not. So we talk about how you react to everything and you're always on the ball, and everything like that. But it's also try not to overreact, which I feel like everyone does in week one. So like you're saying, uh, Chig has scored zero points and everyone's going, oh, my God, it's going to be garbage. But actually, like you said, look deeper and you'll see that he's actually a relevant player. You know, um, I'm looking at so looking at just going to name a couple of things here. Um, the Steelers rushed the ball 10 times in that whole game. Yeah, that's OK. You know, you can look at the box scores and look further. There's, there's nothing to say that they, they're going to do it more, but they they will. As a team, we know that they're going to rush the ball more than that. But you're not going to look at Najee Harris and go, oh, right, you're worthless now because you didn't do very well and everything like that. So try not to overreact. You know, Joe Burrow getting benched in the fourth quarter. But but you know what I mean? Don't don't overreact. Don't overreact to the Bengals and how bad they were this week. Don't don't you know there are things that going forward, you know, I'm gonna throw it back on myself here, Hannah. The Cardinals, the Cardinals are not going to get any better than what they were this week, okay? And they weren't great. The, there is just there is nothing there for them to there is nowhere to go for them okay but like the Bengals the Bengals are going to turn it around they're the Bengals you know they're they're not a mediocre team you know like like you talked about with the Atlanta Falcons and you know I think Drake London had like absolutely zero and Kyle Pitts wasn't very relevant do I think that's going to be something that happens each week no I don't think it is I think these players are going to have relevant roles in these teams and I think it's more of Week one is a bit mad. I think we were talking about before we came on here. Week one's a bit crazy. Don't overreact to it. Don't don't fall into this trap. Don't go, oh, he's obviously crap because he didn't do it week one. You know, bide your time. Week two, it will come to you. Has anyone got anything to add to that one? No? We all good? Right. We're going to go to the fantasy stud of the week. Here we're going to look at uh, under-the-radar player who could overperform and exceed expectations in week two. But let's first look at how we did last week. Um, and it's not looking so great. Hannah, <laughs> your fantasy stud was Johan Dotson. I picked, I totally picked the wrong, yeah, I picked the wrong he, game here, didn't I? Especially when Five receptions on seven targets for 40 yards and no touchdowns. Wow, he must have been playing against a really hard defense. Um, <laughs> giving him nine PPR fantasy points altogether. Um, Lewis, your fantasy stud was Marvin Jones. He unfortunately he had a, a, he unfortunately had a few drops and a fumble, so ended up with two receptions on six, six targets for eight yards, giving him 0.8 PPR points. So, wow, am I glad I'm here to like help you guys <laughs> out? Okay, I think uh, I think a big one here is process, right? So like Terry McLaurin scored better than Jahan Dotson for, for me, like, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to talk myself out of a really bad pick, but like I was debating between Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds. The process being that it would have that someone else aside from Amara St. Brown would have to catch the ball. Josh Reynolds uh, went for 80 yards and 10 PPR points. Like the the process was still kind of all right. The pick was very bad. <laughs> No, no defending yourself here. You just did. You just did really bad. And I have to. So I'm just going to add this in. Okay, last week when I wasn't here, okay, I had it on the 
Dynasty show. I had it on this show. You were all just hammering the Cardinals and everything like this. You're going, yeah, pick everyone that's playing the Cardinals. So do you know what? In your faces. All of you in your faces. You, you realise you still lost, Paul. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But you all targeted these players going, oh, they're playing the cards. They're going to go up. They're going to blow up and everything like that. And it didn't work. So in your face, all of you. Okay. I think by week um, three, it's definitely going to ring true, but I'll let yeah, you know. 100%. 100%. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking my victory lap while I can, okay? Um, but Hannah, so um, can you do any better this week? Who is your fantasy stud of the week? Yeah, this I think this could be, a, it's either going to be like a smash or a complete disaster. But I have gone for Tajay Spears. Now, interestingly, he surprisingly outsnapped Derek Henry in week one, which I was very surprised about because obviously historically this running game has always gone through Derrick Henry now we saw Spears do some really great work in the preseason but I thought he would have less involvement in the offense kind of straight off now obviously Derrick Henry had the bigger opportunity share he ultimately put up the more more points more rushing and some pretty good receiving work but this week they're playing the Chargers who are notoriously terrible against the run so Tajay is having quite a reasonable snap percentage and he's playing a D who's bad against the run. So I think, or I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans didn't kind of look to utilise both of these running backs and take advantage of the terrible Chargers run defence. And I think last season they were like notorious for it. And I think, to be honest, it is starting to, it's already kind of overflowing in, into this season. So I still think they're going to be rubbish against the run this year. So I think there's a chance that Tajay Spears does outperform kind of what we expect of him. And in those really deep leagues where he's starting lots of players, I probably wouldn't be scared to put him in a flex spot. I mean, not not in one of these kind of shorter bench or short starting, you know, one flex spot, you know, probably not. But these long kind of starting lineups, I mean, one where we start like four wide receivers, three running backs and like four flex well, if he if I put him in there, I wouldn't be scared to do that this week. I hope I'm right. So you, what what you're doing is you're picking the prince. So the, <laughs> the 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 king the king is taking his prince. So the the master and the apprentice, and you you've gone for the apprentice. Well, obviously, Derrick Henry doesn't really you know I don't think he could count or be applicable for fantasy stud of the week. So I'm going for his apprentice. Yeah, and and do you know what? That's that's the whole point of this whole segment. This this segment isn't to come here and go, who do you think is going to be really good this week? Oh, I think Derek Henry's going to be really good. It's about picking the the deeper players, you know. Um, I I actually really liked Taji Spears, and he he would have been uh, somebody that I was would have picked if you hadn't have picked him. Um, but Lewis, let's let's um, let's come to you. Let's see where you're going with this. Yeah, I, it's sort of following the same spirit. I, I was debating between two Texans, um, between Nico Collins and Robert Woods. I've gone for Robert Woods um, just because I think he's going to really offer a safety blanket for CJ Stroud uh, in the underneath game. And he's so versatile as well. Um, such a good wrong blocker, which means he doesn't really have to leave the field. Uh, in week one, only seven players saw more targets than Robert Woods. He saw 10 targets in week one, uh, finished with 11.7 uh, uh, points in PPR. So obviously, uh, 
not the sort of league winning performance that you're looking for, but like it's not going to lose you a week either. Um, I think we've seen Calvin Ridley dominate, um, not to say they're similar players at all, but like um, against uh, Indy last week, and that's who the Texans are playing next week. I think they seem sort of susceptible in the past game, uh, and obviously um, Robert Woods should be seeing sort of less um, of the elite coverage than um, less of the, num- the, the CB1 coverage than Nico Collins will probably end up matched up on. Um, so I think he could be quite an interesting option. And like you say, I'm trying to find players that go a little bit under the radar. Uh, when I scouted CJ Stroud, he didn't seem to have the strongest arm throwing deep down the field. Um, so I think someone that thrives underneath with sort of that he's a really accurate quarterback, uh, Robert Woods, could be someone that you might actually be quite happy to start in the flex for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I like that that Robert Woods take. I think Hannah, he's, you, you well, no, like I just think he, he has, like, if he, if you took him in, like, the last one or two rounds in your draft, like, I think he's fantastic value. You know, we, we know that the, the Texans aren't going to be this kind of high, you know, octane offense, but I think he's going to give you decent value in the flex spot for sure. And I think a, a decent floor. Yeah, he's actually my most rostered dynasty player. I didn't realise that until I looked. Because I was looking to see how many um, Puka Nakua shares I had, and he's my second most rostered dynasty player. So your your most rostered players are Puka Nakua from the Rams and Robert Woods, who's ex-Rams. Well, yeah, okay. and if you want if you, if you you want to see someone else as well, I think Van Jefferson was like third or fourth. So oh, okay. <laughs> Cup's okay. up there as well. I'm just a homer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they play for the Rams. They play for the Rams. Go and sell um, your Rams players to Lewis, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Um, so, yeah, so uh, with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for my fantasy stud of the week, and I'm going to go for Jordan Addison. And um, so Jordan Anderson, uh, he played 58% of the snaps and had six targets, uh, four receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. Now, not elite numbers, you know, there are people that put up more numbers than him, but what I've seen of him, he looks really good. And I think he's kind of got it easier than other players. Now, my reason for saying that is because the other side of the field is Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson, and I've heard a few people talk about this in the offseason, is going to demand double coverage. Yeah. So Addison is always going to be in single coverage or, you know, just running around the field at his own, just going, I'm open, I'm open, you know, and nobody's going to leave Justin Jefferson in single man coverage because if they do, they're just mental, you know. Um, so I, I think Justin Jefferson is is... Um, sorry, Jordan Addison is going to have himself uh, quite a decent week. And I know they're playing the Eagles, which is always going to be a tough matchup. But we've just seen uh, Kendrick Bourne have a similar game as what Addison did this week against the Eagles. And I'm all all for that. All for that stretching of the field. Over the top. Long touchdown. Boom. Just, just you wait, you guys. I'm going to text you both as soon as it comes in. As soon as it comes in in the first <laughs> quarter, I'm going to text you both going, it's a good job I'm here to steady the ship. <laughs> well, the Eagles have such a good run defense and adding Jalen Carter to that. Jalen Carter looked amazing um, and barely played any slap, uh, any slaps, any snaps. Um, and so I think definitely like the Vikings struggled to run the ball yesterday. 
Um, so looking at options in the passing game, and as you say, going Justin Jefferson's obviously uh, an easy pick, but Jordan Anderson, I think, uh, definitely could be someone that, that that could smash going forward. Yeah, I agree. Do you do you agree with my pick, Anna? Um, well, you, know, then... you know, you normally go, yeah, see, Paul, you got it wrong here. Well, <laughs> the, 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 the only thing that makes me slightly nervous, which I think ultimately is not going to happen for the rest of the season, I think maybe should have waited another couple of weeks, only because last week KJ Osborne was playing ahead of Jordan Addison, so he played more snaps than Jordan Addison did. Now, I think ultimately Jordan Addison is going to be the wide receiver two on this team, but so far he is not. He's not coming. Um, on the field as much as KJ Osborne so I think there's a chance that he doesn't have as good a week well I mean he has he doesn't have that kind of stud week if you know what I mean because he's not in that wide receiver two role as of yet now I think in one two three weeks time he's going to surpass KJ Osborne particularly if he's going to catch all of his targets you know and, and get open a lot so that you know Kirk is trying to kind of seek him out so I think maybe in two to three weeks I think he's going to be like a massive stud next week I'm still in the I want to see a little bit more phase of John Addison I have him on a few of my teams and I'm not quite ready to put him in just yet you'll regret it I know I might might regret it you're right (laughs) but um but with that, we'll move on to the fantasy scare of the week. Um, this is where we're going to look at a hyped-up player who could underperform and upset us and our fantasy teams in week two. So last week, Lewis' potential scare was Derek Henry. He had 15 rush attempts for 63 yards and two receptions for 60, uh, 56 yards, but no touchdowns. He had 13.8 PPR points. Currently... RB13, with uh, Monday Night Football yet to play. Hannah's potential scare was Devontae Adams. He had six receptions for 66. Wow, that's really bad, isn't it? Six for 66. That's that's the devil's number. Um, a zero touchdowns, and he had 12.6 PPR points. Currently wide receiver 26. Um I think we've cool. done all right there. Like there, there. So, and one of the things that I was looking at as well, like Derek Henry had like over a third of that production on one screen pass. So without that, really would have been a letdown. But Derek Henry finishing with like just under fourteen points. Devontae Adams finishing with just under thirteen. Like, yeah, we haven't managed to call out players that have. You know, we didn't go for Drake London or T Higgins. But sorry, Hannah. <laughs> um, but like Wait, we've managed to. <laughs> we've managed to pull out players that like have definitely disappointed a little bit. So I think I think we've done much better than we did with our fancy studs. Yeah, I think so because ultimately we've drafted these as running, you know, our running back one, so top twelve, and a running back and a wide receiver one, also top twelve, and neither of them made it. I mean, I'd be surprised if Derek Henry was still running back thirteen after Monday Night Football, and I would be. Surprised if Devontae Adams is still wide receiver 26. But either way, you know, both have disappointed for what we expected from them. Yeah. Agreed. I'll, I'll give you both of them. So, uh, so Lewis, we'll come to you. Um, and who is your fantasy scare of the week? And I love I, this one. I you're going to cause a ripple in the matrix with this one. I don't feel good about this, um, but I wanted to go bold. 
Um, and so I, a lot of this is going to be really matchup based, right? And the Patriots pride themselves off taking away the thing that you want to do. And they say, you can beat us, but you have to beat us a way that you didn't want to beat us. Um, and they're playing the Dolphins this week. Uh, so my scare of the week uh, is last week's explosive wide receiver one Tyreek Hill. Um, it does feel incredibly bold to say after he scored like 46 points last week. Um, I just think that I like knowing Bill Belichick, he will have watched that performance from the Dolphins last week and said, you can beat us, but Tyreek Hill is not going to beat us. You will have to find another way to do it. We're going to blanket him. I mean, he's incredibly difficult to, to take away just because of the nature of the speed, but like... I don't know. I I think there's a world in which they go out of their way to just stop Tyreek Hill, and they say Jalen Waddle can beat us, Cedric Wilson can beat us, Braxton Berrios can beat us, but Tyreek Hill is not going to. And you know, um, be bold, be brave. So yeah, Tyreek Hill from wide receiver one to wide receiver done. That's what you're <laughs> going for, is it? Okay, you you compare. I, I feel like you're comparing uh, Bill Belichick to a bully, like you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. You, you yeah. can hang out. You can hang out in our group, but you can't. You can't bring your phone with you. That's, you can't. You can't do that. You know what I mean? You, you can. You, you, you can't have this. You can't have that. But I, I love it. I love it. I, I think it's bold. I think it's brave. I think you will be um, wrong, rid, ridiculed for this <laughs> next week, like you know. But hey ho, we're, we're here for we're here for the fun. Um, Hannah, oh, I so love this pick. Okay, I so love this pick. Who's your fantasy scare of the week? So mine is, since we've just been talking bad about them all, uh, you know, of, of this whole programme, I'm, I'm just going to go with the Bengals team and I'm going to say Joe Mixon. The Bengals you know, team, you should have just left it at the Bengals just team. Just all of the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, was, that was week one. Week two, we're going to bounce back. Oh, God, I'm hope anyway. But um, yeah, I, I don't think this is Joe Mixon's game. Um, I, I I know he he wasn't drafted in like round one or anything, but people do have high expectations for him this season. They think potentially he could be this season's Josh Jacobs kind of thing. Um, definitely, I don't think it's going to be on this game. He has recently really struggled against the Ravens, obviously our division rival. Last season, he, he only played them twice because the, the, the last game we played with the against them was I think week 18 a lot of the starters didn't play but he played them in week five and then obviously in that that wild card uh, round game in the playoffs in week five they held him to 14 attempts 78 yards three receptions 10 yards and no touchdowns so he got 11.8 PPR points and finished as a running back 28 in the wild card game they held him to 11 attempts for 39 yards and three receptions for 17 yards no touchdowns, pitiful, and that would have been 8.6 PPR points. So this is another, uh, for some reason, the Bengals just don't seem to like playing their division opponents well. Um, you know, the, the Browns are, are like literally bogey team. They just, we just can't seem to beat them. And the Ravens aren't that far behind, to be honest. We either have amazing games against them or quite terrible ones. And I think the defence knows how to make a struggle as we saw in that wild card game last season you know we wouldn't have won had we not had that fumble so i think that joe mixon is going to struggle yeah um it's do you know what i, I 
I was going to sort of sit here and, and go, oh, I think you're being a bit foolish, I think you're being a bit foolish, but actually you, you've made a very valid point and I'm inclined to, to stick with it, you know, and I, I, I do like it. And I love the fact that you've picked uh, a Bengals as a fact that you scare this week, even after your atrocious first week, you know. Um, but I, I've probably got a bit chalky with mine and it's to do with what we were talking about earlier and the loss of J.K. Dobbins. I've known... Um, for the last couple of years, every time J.K. Dobbins goes down, everyone's sort of on the gust bus and he he steps in. And I, f- I feel like people are going to fall into that trap that, you know, I think people did it in week one with um, the Chiefs tight end, remind me of his name, Noah Gray. Is it Noah Gray? Where everyone went, oh, it's Noah Gray. You know, Kelsey's gone down. Noah Gray's going to be Travis Kelsey. And I think people are going to do that with with Gus Edwards and I, and I think people are going to go or we'll put Gus Edwards and Justice Hill in here you know I think I think both of them people are going to get a bit worried people are going to go oh I'm going to go pick him up he's going to be the the next guy and, and I think I think they're just I think they're going to struggle and believe it or not Hannah I actually think that the Bengals bounce back this week and I think I think they have a a point to prove now I think it was so bad week one for them that they want to go and absolutely dominate this game. And I think it's go I, I think we could potentially see one of them games where Joe Burrow stands at the at the uh, reporters board after and just sort of goes, I was just throwing it down there and I knew Chase was going to be there somewhere. You know, I think it's gonna be one of them games where they're just going to set the 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 field alight and I think they're gonna have a massive point to prove and go, we're not as bad as we were week one, we had an off day. This is who we are. We are here. So I think I think the Ravens really have a tough time this weekend. But I, hope I, so. I normally I normally get it wrong. So yeah, start Gus Edwards, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> with that, we'll um, we'll jump onto the 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 wild card of the week, um, and here we're going to give um, a hot take that could happen this week. Uh, so far, we've had mixed luck with last week's wildcard bets. Lewis thought that we might see Russia, Rashid, why can't I say his name? Rashad oh. Penny um, as an Eagles running back one. Um, was, scratch. Went well, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before they even took to the field, uh, he was labelled as a healthy scratch. I do, do you know what? I've been playing fantasy football for a long time and I've watched the NFL for a long time now. I still don't understand what a healthy scratch is. Okay. Is is it is it is it we don't want you to play this week? Is it do you know what you're nursing a little bit of a strain? We'll give you the week off, or is it do you know what we actually don't like you? You're just a knob. That's kind of the issue, isn't it? Like it can be we, we have no idea. It can be that he was nursing a little bit of an injury. It could just be as simple as we don't think you're good enough to be part of the running back rotation. Um, and that's the worry. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so he was labelled quite hard. Did you want to add something about No, I, I, I genuinely don't understand that. Like, maybe he's had a bad camp or something, but any time he's been on the field, you know, historically, and he's been healthy, he's been fantastic. Like, I don't quite understand what they're doing at the moment. And DeAndre Stiff wasn't that great, was he? Week one, you know. No. Kenneth Gainwell was good, though. Yeah, but I mean, 
I, I really think you could do a Penny Gainwell one-two punch much better than a Swift Gainwell one-two punch. Like, yeah. I totally get that Penny does get injured often, but if he gets injured, he gets injured. You bring Swift in. Like, I don't know, maybe they're seeing something, you know, in training camp that we clearly haven't, but I just think it's a massive shame. I was worried for Swift, to be fair. He was so cheap to trade for and everything like this. It was yeah. just... I was I was a little bit worried. I was a little bit like mm, maybe maybe people are seeing something that we're not really seeing, and I'm a bit bit of a uh, I did like DeAndre Swift at the Lions, but I, I was worried for him this year, and he didn't he really didn't look great to be fair. Um, but yeah, so uh, Lewis, you had Rashad Penny as the healthy scratch, and Hannah thought that Sam Howell will be a top twelve QB is currently correct. Because he is QB twelve, but that is highly likely to change after Monday Night Football. Yet again, you were betting against the Cardinals. You know? I'm taking that as a win because at the time of recording, he is a QB one. So I'm taking that as a as a point. You don't want to agree with me, but I'm going. I'm, try, with it. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a very very good reason why I can't allow oh, it. No, I mean, he, oh, because Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers are both going to outscore him is the reason why. But yeah, but, but at the time of right, recording, right now, at the time of recording, right now, he's currently QB twelve, and I can't take that away from you. So, Lewis, you you got it very wrong this week, and Hannah, yeah. you got it very right. You got it nailed. Well, I'm not yeah. sure about that. To be honest, he was actually quite disappointing, wasn't he, really? Yeah, he was awful. Um, he but, was awful. <laughs> which I always knew was going to happen, but everyone poo-pooed me. So I was like, right, I'm getting on the bandwagon for week one because I did actually think he'd have a good week one because I thought, sorry, Paul, your Cardinals would struggle. But annoyingly, they were so bad that they made the Cardinals look good. So, yeah. And yeah. I also... I feel sorry for the offensive coordinator. You know, he's gone there to to kind of show how great he is, and it's just not going to work, is it? No, should it's have really it not. It's, anyway, it's, it's really got. Uh, so uh, let's see what we think could ring true this week. So Hannah, we're going to go to you for what you think. I kind of picked this thing because I wasn't the first person to kind of put on their kind of wild card bet this week but I quite liked kind of the theme so I was like, I'm going to stick with it so my my wild card kind of bet this week is that the Browns are going to be at the top of the AFC North um, next week as the only team at the top with a 2-0 and record Ooh, I'm frantically looking to see who the, the Browns are playing the Browns are playing the Steelers yeah I think they're going to beat the Steelers that, that is not hard okay the Steelers looked awful yes but currently they're at the top with the Ravens so I am betting that they're going to win and the Bengals are going to win but who would have thought well okay who who watched the AFC North would have thought that the Browns would be the top sole people at the top after two weeks you know come on you would have thought Bengals or Ravens who would have thought the Ravens would only score? Uh, the Bengals would only score three points in this. Yeah, exactly. Game, nobody. <laughs> nobody in the, on the planet. Hannah's face is starting to turn to genuine anger. <laughs> well, I was, I was really upset. Like, how can you play so terribly when you're meant to be a championship team? I mean, come on now. This is embarrassing. Like, and we mm-hmm. needed that win. Ch- it's a divisional game. 
championship team. Well, I think so. <laughs> All right. First overall pick in the draft team. Bench, bench your $275 million Kiwi. Well, there's no point in getting him more, more injured when you've already lost. No point. No, um, no. So, uh, Lewis, let's let's come to you because you obviously put your um, thing on the show sheet first, and me and Hannah have both followed suit with what you what you've decided to do. But yours yeah. is yours is spice. Yeah, I'm going for it. really spicy ones this week, and yeah. it, it wasn't really intentionally. Um, I was just having a look at um. The schedule for next week uh and my take uh is that the chiefs fall to zero and two uh they are they are playing the jags this week um the jags looked really good uh against the colts calvin ridley especially and, and trevor lawrence i think like you know uh in our who could potentially finish at qb1 overall and you know i think trevor lawrence mvp might be on the cards um, I think they look fantastic. Uh, the Chiefs obviously didn't so much in the passing game. Um, I think they could really fall to to, to Owen too. Um, I think it would be a huge shock if it happened. Um, but yeah, I can see it. Okay, can I ask you a question? If Travis Kelsey is back this week, do you still stand by that statement? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the hyperextension of the knee is probably something that like he might play through this week, but I don't think he'll be fully back to himself. Um, and obviously, the rest of the receiving call looked so dreadful that yeah. I, I think yeah. it couldn't. It might not even matter. I think you can't target Travis Kelsey thirty times a game as much as they might like to. Um, and the Jags linebacking core uh, is actually pretty good uh, these days. So actually, you know, not that you can like take Travis Kelsey out of the game or anything. Travis Kelsey is better than any linebacker in the NFL. But I, I think it could still happen even if Kelsey's back on the field. Yeah, I, I just wanted to. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he's back this week, or if he is back, I think he's sort of they limit his snap count and stuff like that. I yeah. just wanted to know your feelings was if if he is back this week, do you still think that? Because I think the Chiefs are a completely different team with Travis Kelsey because they actually yeah. have somebody who can catch the ball. You know what I mean? Um, so I just wanted to know your opinion if you still stood by that if if Kelsey was was back and lining up. It's scary though, isn't it? Like how terrible they look without him. Like he, how important he is. Like it's worrying. He's getting old now. You know, he's thirty-four. Like you shouldn't be relying this much. I know that the argument is always Mahomes can elevate anyone, but you can't rely that much on a thirty-four-year-old player. But Mahomes. But, but sorry, I was going to say, look, look at the Rams. Okay, the Rams have got Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup wasn't there this week, and they still had people that could catch the ball and still looked, you know, very, very good. The yeah. Chiefs have got Travis Kelsey and you go, oh, yeah, well, without Travis Kelsey, they can still get the ball about. No, they can't. This is what worries okay. me. Like, you know, Mahomes is awesome. He threw the ball to the right spot. Nobody could catch it. Like, he can't elevate you if you can't catch a ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's scary. Like, I think for them, I would be really worried that, you know, Travis Kelsey is basically the only decent receiving weapon on that team yeah i i would be as well if i was if i was a chiefs fan like mags i'd be worried you know um but yeah so that brings me to mine and i've followed the the theme that everyone's gone for and i'm saying the rams go to 2-0 and by beating the 49ers 
no. But unrealistic is my response I, to that. I like yeah. it. I'd love to see it. The, the NFC West is an, an interesting little cycle where we always beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks always pull it against the 49ers. The 49ers always beat us. And everyone beats the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> not, not, not quite true, but yeah, okay, okay, I'll, 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 I'll let you have it. But honestly, you'll, you'll be joining me next week. Going, you called it, Paul. You called it. What, what, what makes you think it? Just sort of the the Rams' performance on offense this this week. I, I don't. So it's different. Okay, the Steelers looked garbage. Okay, the Steelers looked absolutely garbage. You know, Najee Harris had a run at one point for twenty four yards, and that meant he was twenty two overall on the week. You know. Um, and they still, I don't know, the 49ers, I don't know if they didn't get into a stride or something like that, but it was, it didn't seem like they had much of a challenge. You know, the Steelers did nothing on offense. And I don't think that was solely down to the 49ers. I think that was the Steelers and their offensive coordinator. Is it Matt Canada? He's absolutely trash. Yeah. So I think, I think if they've got somebody like Sean McVay and he's, he's a, He's a genius, okay? You can say what you want about him. The guy knows what he's doing. And I think the 49ers may struggle this week. And I think Aaron Donald is just going to munch Brock Purdy for dinner. Okay? <laughs> he's just he's just going to... Now now that Nick Bose is now earning more money than him and he's the higher paid, I think Aaron Donald's going to go, I'm still the better player. Watch this. That, that clip of him... Running at Gino Smith, and Gino goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> As he's just <laughs> screaming down on him, it's incredible. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But uh, but yeah. So I, honestly, I'm, you know, and this and this is you know this is a hot take. You know, so that's my hot yeah. take. I think, I think the Rams beat the 49ers. Um, but that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, oh, have you guys? Can I just say something before we finish? No, no. No, no, no. We've gone through nearly a whole hour without mentioning Rashid Shaheed. And oh yeah, the sponsor say, of the show. Exactly. I mean, I have to say his name because one, he sponsors us, but mm-hmm. two, I hope after what I said last week, in that if you know, if you if you're the the team that needs the extra points, you're kind of predicted to lose. I hope you put him in your flex spot because guess where he finished this week or so far anyway? He finished as a wide receiver one. As the wide receiver nine on the week. Come on now. That wins us an extra thousand pounds in our Rashid Jaheed sponsorship deal. Hooray! Exactly. <laughs> Woo. Oh, it might have, it might have won somebody's week. Probably not. They probably didn't pay any attention to me. But, well, I didn't, to be honest, I only used him as like a side example, really. I didn't say starting. No, no. have some but, conviction, Hannah. <laughs> I'm going, you know, I'm going with it and saying, I hope you put, you listen to exactly what I said and put him in because ding, 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 wide receiver nine, hopefully won you the week unless you're playing against Tyreek Hill. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Can I, can I finish the show now? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because I know that he'd be ringing me and saying, where was my name? Had Mm. I not mentioned him? Yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, so with that, that brings us to the end of the show. 
thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Wildcard Rewind or head over to our YouTube channel and search for the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network and make sure you give us a subscribe. But with that, that's the end of the show and that will we'll see you next week where we chat all things week two. <laughs> Taking back to the sun